0: Good morning. It is good to see each of you. If you're visiting with us uh, this morning, again, we welcome you. It always encourages us to have visitors, and we hope that we can be an encouragement to you. Memorial Day. Sometimes younger folks say about those that are older, you live too much in the past. And it is true that individuals could live too much in the past. But it's also true that we too often forget things that we ought to remember from the past. If we were to sit down and read the Old Testament, what we would see is how God over and over pled with individuals not to forget. You see, we struggle to remember things that as they're happening, we'd say to ourselves, I'll never forget this. Yet not only do we forget it, but then the next generation and the next and the next. Perhaps it's with that in mind that Memorial Day was set aside as a federal holiday, the last Monday here in the United States. to remember the sacrifice that was paid for our freedom? When we consider all the way back to the American Revolution, all the casualties that have taken place even up till today as war continues across the world, we see that an estimated one and a half million people, have paid the ultimate price of their life for the freedoms that you and I enjoy as Americans. I want to encourage you, if you've not talked with your children or your grandchildren lately about the price of freedom, I want to encourage you to use tomorrow as a memorial day. It's not just the beginning of summer. It's not just a three-day weekend. But it is a day that Wiser individuals in our society have really built off of a principle that's very biblical. And that is, from one generation to the next. It's the generation previous that's responsible for helping the other generations remember. How many older folks have said, the younger generation just isn't patriotic. They just don't appreciate often enough. Now, before we indict the younger generation, we as the older must stop and ask the question, what have we done during past Memorial Days? What have we done on the 4th of July? What have we done on Veterans Day? You see, if I understand the biblical principle right, our children appreciate the very same things we appreciate. If our children aren't patriotic, it's probably because we've not taken the time to remember with them some of the great memorials. This morning, I'd like for us to remember a few of the great memorials from the Old Testament. Tonight, I'd like for us to look at some stones that ought to be lifted up in our life that ought to not only be important for us, but it is a great sign for the generations to come also, that it ought to impact their lives. As we do this, let's think about the text that's been so capably read for us. It's a beautiful text that if we drop back even a chapter earlier, we see that the children of Israel were approaching the Jordan River. You can imagine the priest walking along with the covenant, carrying the covenant along. Now, keep in mind, all of this is lying in a broader framework of the fact that for 400 years, the children of Israel had been slaves in Egypt. Moses had been sent to bring them out of that Egyptian slavery. You remember, he led them all the way up to the edge of Canaan land, but when the 12 spies came back, 10 spies gave the wicked report, and Israel, for the most part, believed the wicked report. And so they were sent back to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years until all the adults died. And now this next generation, this young generation is coming up. Moses too has died at this point, And now the new leader, Joshua, has the great responsibility of leading these individuals across the Jordan River and fighting to conquer the land of Canaan that God is going to provide for them. Now as they do this, they are coming unto the Jordan River at the time that it's flood season. Now when you look at that picture there, that's an idea. That's a picture of the Jordan River at the time of year that's being spoken of here in the Scriptures. It's the time that the waters came out of their banks. Any of you that have lived close to creeks or rivers, you can immediately imagine, you have seen that over and over, how a smaller stream will multiply and become three, four, five times its width and how a stream that was so gentle at some time of the year is so deadly at another time of the year. And you can imagine the children of Israel coming to this place and God telling them, Not, I'll part the water and you walk through it. God tells them, You put your soles of your feet into the water, then I'll part the water. It was definitely a step of faith as they would step into a flooding river now, as that river parted, the scriptures tells us in the third chapter that it backed up all the way to Adam, which was a town that was sixteen miles away. And it says that it was a heap of water. Then the river bed was dry all the way down to the Dead Sea. Now, as you think about this, realize this wasn't an event that was significant only for the children of Israel. But it was so great. And if you have your Bible open, I I don't have a slide for this, but if you have your Bible open, the very end of the 4th chapter in 24, notice it, and as we go into the 5th chapter, it says that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Now, he's just described what they're going to experience, and here God says every person on earth is going to hear about this, and they're going to know the mighty hand of God. Now, did it work? Let's go into the fifth chapter. He says all the kings of the Amorites were on the west side of the Jordan. All the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we crossed over and their heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. Friends, what we're studying today was an event that was so great that mighty kings... God said their heart melted and their spirit left them because they realized that if the children of Israel served a God that was truly this great, they had no way to protect themselves. What a powerful event. Now, we're not studying this morning necessarily the angle of the power of this event. That was only by introduction. What's interesting here is we study this story that literally as it takes place, God is going to simultaneously create a memorial. And so it's not after the fact where God tells Joshua, hey, I want you to go and develop the film and and I want you to pass out pictures for everybody. You know what he tells him? The text we just read. When you cross over... I want you to have a man from each tribe of Israel to put a stone upon their shoulder. And those 12 chosen men will select 12 stones. And where you go to rest that night in Gilgal, you're going to lay that stones up. And those heap of 12 stones, well, let's drop back and let's read those few verses again, because this is powerful. Look back, if you will, the fourth chapter, and let's look, especially at 6 and 7, but Notice in 5, he says, And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. Now notice again here, and and notice the underlying uh, uh, words uh, on the screen here, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Now friends, there are several things that we can bring out of this passage as it relates to a memorial. Number one, he tells them before it ever takes place. Now this is what's so interesting to me as I study through this this week. He didn't wait to after the fact and say, Now listen, Israel, this was such a great event. We don't need to forget this. God starts working with Joshua and the children of Israel on ways to remember. Why? We have trouble remembering. That's what I want you and I to take away from this lesson today and this lesson tonight is we have trouble remembering. And if I will admit that, maybe I will do a better job of saying I need to remember and holding myself accountable, okay? Memory is one of the things I struggle with. I want to do a better job remembering the things that God expects me to remember. And so here he's talking to Joshua. He's talking to the tribes of Israel and he's saying to them as they're going across the river, now I want you to start picking up the rocks. When you get over there, I want you to stack them up and they're going to be a sign. What was a sign? We know what a sign is. We have a sign just outside the window there. A sign is that which informs. It's that which communicates. What was this sign to communicate? Remember God. But notice not only the sign was there to communicate, to remember God, but it also was to communicate even to the next generation to remember God because the children were going to ask. The memorial, the sign, is always to excite inquiry. In other words, tomorrow. And I'm not talking about just in this audience. Do you realize how many youngsters, it will strike them for the first time tomorrow, and they'll say, Mama, Daddy, why are you off work? It's Memorial Day, sweetie. Memorial Day? What is Memorial Day? And you see, that memorial has served the purpose that memorials are designed to serve we as a human race forget. We need to have memorials so that it's passed down from generation to generation. Now, notice this, though. These children, God said, were going to ask, what do these stones mean to you? As we've been thinking about for several weeks over the past few months of rock-solid living, And we've been looking at various stones throughout the scriptures. Think about it here as the children of Israel, they're going to say, what do these stones mean to you? A child looks at a cross and says, Daddy, why why are there a lot of crosses around in, in our community? Or as we drive, we see them on certain buildings. Now, you see, that father could give an intellectual answer. He could talk about how Jesus Christ was sent to the earth and how he died for mankind. But do you know what really is going to change the life of that child? What's really going to change the life of that child is if that father can talk about what that cross means to him. friends, Memorials, as God has established them, has never meant to be strictly intellectual and intellectual only. It was always designed to show how it has impacted lives. We have such a great responsibility to the next generation. And I'm not talking about just parents when I say this. I'm talking about the life of a church and I'm talking about in a society and, and us having neighbors and children. I'm talking about how we value children and how much value we place upon instilling knowledge and commitment into the lives of children. I'm talking about how Bible class teachers go into a class and with what commitment do they teach I'm talking about those of you that have your adopted children or grandchildren in the life of this church. I'm talking to us that have neighbors that live down the street, that they pop in and out of our house. Do I realize the importance that I have to not only serve God, but to help them remember what God has done in the past, that if I don't share it with them, they may not ever know. And if I don't share it with them and how it impacts my life, they may not ever see how the power of God can empower lives even today. But notice also the answer in 7 when he says, And you shall answer. The answer esteemed God. Even though they wanted to know what does it mean to you, the answer was it's all about God and what God has done and how God has changed lives and how God has delivered and protected. And then finally, at the end of 7, he speaks of it being a memorial. Now let's pause for just a moment because we think about a memorial as that which perpetuates for generation after generation. You read the text. You realize that what I'm about to say to you is just kind of made up, but yet it's based upon biblical facts. Can you imagine those stones piled up? And can you imagine a child coming along and doing exactly what God tells Joshua is going to happen? The child says, Daddy. Daddy, that's kind of odd. Look at those 12 stones. What, What do they mean? Son, sit down. When I was about your age, I was about 10 years old, A man named Moses came to Egypt. And he was leading us out of slavery. You see, my daddy and my granddaddy, all my family were slaves. They worked us hard. They were unfair to us. And the Almighty God came to deliver us. But Pharaoh didn't want to let our people go. Ten plagues later, we finally marched out. We were hurried because Pharaoh changed his mind. Now son, I could talk to you for days telling you what it was like to cross a sea that had been divided by God and how when we all got across, we looked back and we watched that sea fall upon Pharaoh's soldiers. It wasn't that long until... Ten Commandments were given. What an occasion that was to watch Moses go up in that mountain and stay gone for so long. When we finally got over near Canaan's land, where we live now, son, my parents, they lost their faith in God. God promised them this land and they didn't think God could do what He said He could do. Son, I want to tell you about the most difficult time of my life. God sent us back. And we buried almost everybody I knew. My grandparents died. My mom and daddy died. My uncles and aunts. Son, God meant what He said. He told us that we'd all die unless we were children. And then came that great day. Forty years later, He led us to the Jordan. It was flooded, son. Nobody would have thought anybody could have walked across that area. God began to back up a heaping wall of water that backed up 16 miles. Everybody knew and heard about it. It was amazing. We walked across on dry land. We went over and the first city we conquered was Jericho. But as we walked over, God had one tribe, one man from each tribe to pick up a stone. And He placed them there because He wanted us to remember Remember how powerful He is. But also to remember that whole story, son. Son, I want you to remember how great God is. And I want you to remember how hard life is when we disobey God. I want you to look around this great land that you enjoy today and I want you to remember that your great-grandfather and your grandfather didn't enjoy this same land they were in bondage son every time you pass these twelve stones just remember will you promise me that son every time you pass them just remember friends how important is it for us to remember If we don't remember, what will happen in the next generation? What if every link of a chain represents a generation? What if you thought about your parents, your grandparents, and your great-grandparents... And what if you thought about the things that they passed down to you? And what if you thought about your faith? What if you thought about your life? What have you communicated in the power of God? And what have you exemplified as to how God has empowered your life so that you could pass it to your children and they would pass it to their children? and them to their children I've shared with you before but I don't have a better illustration and I want to quickly close this lesson a few years ago my mother received a phone call a lady introduced herself my mother said oh yes I know of you she said I know you know the Bible well I don't know the Bible at all. Will you study with me? They lived on opposite sides of our county. And Mother said, sure, I'd love to. The only time they could arrange that would work for both of them was at lunchtime on Wednesday. So Mother sat down with her boss and worked out that she would take a two-hour lunch break on Wednesdays. She began going out every Wednesday and studying with this lady. This lady was baptized into Christ and she learned so much of the scriptures. This lady's grandmother, she's deceased now, but she was known all over our county as one of the best Bible class teachers for children. She had helped hundreds of children learn the major Bible stories. Everybody loved being in her class. But her daughter? Her daughter gave up on God. Her daughter had children. She never took them to worship. She'd never allow them to have anything to do with God. It was this Bible class teacher's granddaughter that called to say, I don't know anything about the Bible. Can you help me? When we think about what we're passing down, we're only one generation away from the church being extinct. We're only one generation away from your family not knowing God. We're only one generation away from having Bible class teachers or Bible classes without teachers that don't know the Scriptures. We're only one generation away from loving America. We're only one generation away from loving God. What do you remember? What do you pass on to your children so that they will remember? I can rest assured in this. In the majority of cases, if I don't remember it, and I don't pass it on. It won't exist in the next generation. This morning. Have you remembered God in your life? Totally, wholly, giving your life to God. What a statement that makes, not only of your faith and your commitment, but to those around. What a statement it makes to the next generation. What a statement it makes to your family. What a statement it makes to your neighbors. What statement does your life make? If you've never been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, won't you consider that this morning? Maybe you have been baptized into Christ, and somewhere along the way you've lost the way, and that's what you've been communicating by your life. Wouldn't this morning be a wonderful time to leave here beyond any shadow of a doubt saying, I remember God. I'll give my life to serve God. And I'll give all that I can to make sure that the next generation has that same opportunity to remember. The children ask, what do these stones mean to you? And that ought to be echoing in our mind every day. If We can help you in any way as we stand as we sing.